Greetings. My name is Dave. And I'm Stacy. Welcome to the Plants Change My Life podcast. We are a husband and wife team living in Houston, arguably the barbecue capital of Texas, who share a passion for good food and holistic wellness. We are on a mission to inspire people to live their best lives through healthy food choices, one meal at a time. In this podcast, you will hear stories about how real people have experienced awesome changes by embracing a plant-based diet. Today, we're talking to a man who embodies sheer determination in conquering goals. He was once over 400 pounds and plagued with health issues like high blood pressure and joint problems. And now, he's a vegan bodybuilder on a mission to help others transition to a more healthy life. Are you ready to be inspired? Here's his story. Okay, we're here with a man who wears many hats, motivational speaker, YouTuber, graphic designer, and bodybuilder, Justin Howell, the vegan savage. Justin is crushing his goals and inspiring folks all around with his remarkable health and body transformation. Just a glance over his Instagram page will light a fire under you to get you moving. I am so excited to have the opportunity to sit down with him. Thank you for joining us, Justin. Thank you so much for having me. First, Justin, tell us, where are you from? So I am from Clinton, South Carolina. It is a very small city in South Carolina. Okay, can you take us back to the beginning? You were once over 400 pounds. What made you decide to make a change? I had a lot of issues going on um, physically and... I remember I used to go visit my grandfather every week in Columbia, South Carolina. And one day we were sitting down randomly talking about something that had absolutely nothing to do with health. And he randomly looked at me and said, you know, son, you are, at the time I was 27, he was like, you're 27 years old and you got to be over 400 pounds. He said, that's not healthy. And you need to do something about that now. Strangely enough, I was like, it was like a knife pierced my soul or something. I was like, oh, my goodness. He just randomly called me fat and pretty much told me I was going to die if I didn't change. And so I listened to him, and that really motivated me to change. But prior to that, I was having um, blood pressure issues. I was issued blood pressure medicine when I was 14 years old because my blood pressure would be 230 over 190. Um, I had difficult breathing, difficulty breathing. I would stop breathing in my sleep. I had all kind of joint pains. Um, it was just a one thing after the next that were all tied to my health. And so when all of that was happening, and then my grandfather just hits me with a truth boulder, it really motivated me to change. Wow. So what did you do? Like, how did you start? Like, what was the first step you took to start actually losing the weight? 
the first step that I actually took to start losing the weight, I got a membership. Most people like to start their um, health journeys, whatever reason, on a Monday. This was like a Wednesday or something, somewhere in the middle of the week. I went and joined a gym, and I got rid of all of the unhealthy foods that were in my house because I was like, if I'm going to do this, I don't need any temptations around me. Because at that particular time, my diet didn't exist. I don't even like to use the word diet, but what I ate um, included Chinese food, pizza, Japanese food. I loaded the pantry with family-sized bags of M&Ms that I ate within a couple of hours. Um, though that bag is supposed to last like a week or so, a couple of hours in the day, I was done with the entire bag. Um, packages of Oreos, like you name anything junk-wise was in the house. And um, anything that was fried, I had. So in order for me to really take my health journey seriously, I had to rid myself of all of those foods, get rid of all of the sodas and the juices and all of that stuff, and just really get down to the bare minimum of drinking water. At the time, I was still eating meat. So um, I cut out, I had cut out beef and cut out pork and was only eating chicken and fish and turkey. Um, just, and anything that was bait, I really just got down to it and just ate very minimal and very light for the most part. Mm -hmm. So did you start seeing results immediately by just making those changes? By making those changes along with me going to the gym, because at that particular time, I worked out three days a week, and I was very intimidated when I initially started going to the gym, so I would just walk for like an hour, and that was it, but within the first month of me working out, um, changing my eating habits and walking at the gym on the treadmill, I noticed a change in my clothes and I didn't weigh myself until after a month of me exercising and I was at 405. So that's why I always say I'm I'm down from 405 because I really don't know what my weight was prior to me going to the gym and changing my eating habits. But after a month or so of me initially changing my eating habits and working out, I stepped on the scale and I was at 405. And so after that... Um, the following week, I started saying I'm going to weigh myself every week. And the following week, um, I had dropped 10 pounds. And the following week, it was like 8 pounds. And then the next week, it was like 15 pounds. I was dropping weight very rapidly by just changing how I was eating and consuming a lot of water and walking. So how did you progress from walking to bodybuilding and what inspired you to, to embrace a plant-based diet? So what inspired me to embrace a plant-based diet was actually because YouTube became my best friend when I was initially trying to get into working out and bodybuilding and such. And what motivated me to become plant-based was because, one, I, you know, would do the veganuary um, in January. And so... I would go on YouTube to look at, and once I started working out, I would go on YouTube and see, like, what could I eat and what could I do to, you know, still build muscle and lose weight while not eating meat or cheese or whatever. 
And so I started, you know, looking at YouTube videos. And then after January, I was like, well, I think I want to continue to do this because I noticed a drastic um, drop in my blood pressure, um, a boost of energy and all of that stuff when I stopped. So I was like, okay, I want to continue. But then I really knuckled down after having a plateau and wouldn't, I couldn't lose any more weight for whatever reason. And I was like, well, let me really give this a hard try because I was sneaking cheese and dairy in here and there. But I was like, let me give this a try and cut it all out completely. And when I did, I learned that my weight started going down. But there was a guy on YouTube who wasn't even vegan at the time. He's vegan now, but at the time he wasn't vegan, but he would throw in like vegan days. And his name is Mike Rashid. I don't even know if you've heard of him. But um, he's Mike Rashid um, on YouTube. He's a bodybuilder, trainer, and all of that kind of stuff. And he was talking about, you know, overtraining and, you know, really going in the gym and beasting out in the gym and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, well, let me see, can I do his overtraining program on a vegan diet? And once I started doing it, I started, you know, really cutting and you know, really getting more definition in my muscles and all of that kind of stuff. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this for the long haul. And I haven't looked back ever since. So what, what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced in making this plant-based transition? And how did you overcome those challenges? The biggest challenge that I had was the moment I decided to become plant-based, family and friends all of a sudden became, you know, certified nutritionists, <laughs> out, like overnight. It was, <laughs> it was like they, they just became certified nutritionists and started telling me about my B12s and um, my bone density and that I can't survive without uh, meat and that I need milk for calcium. I mean, the whole, the whole shebang. I, I mean, I heard it all. Um, you're going to die. You're going to be malnourished. Um, you're going to be too skinny. You're going to lose too much weight. I, I, I've heard it all. What I did to overcome those challenges was simply just prove them wrong. Um, it's hard to really tell people what's possible and what's not possible. You just have to show them, especially in, you know, with my experience, I just had to show them that it was wrong, that I can still have a, a average size frame or still have a muscular frame and be vegan and I can get all of my nutritions and everything that I need from being plant-based. Because honestly, when you think about it, the animals that people are eating are getting their nutritions from plants. So my thing is, since the animal is getting its nutrition from plants, then why not just cut out the middleman mm -hmm. and, you know, go straight to the source? Right. And with all of the stuff that I've seen um, with, like, What the Health, and I was vegan before What the Health came out, um, but that really shook a lot of people. What I've seen from that is enough for me to never want to eat meat again because some of the stuff that I see in those slaughterhouses and some of the stuff that I see that the animals deal with is just enough for me to say, okay, I don't want any parts of meat, dairy, eggs, and anything else at all. So it's very easy to overcome obstacles when you really see 
what's being put into the meat anyway. Mm -hmm. I listened to one of your videos where you said you think you might be the only vegan in your city. What is that like? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is very, um, almost, it's almost depressing, <laughs> but it's, it's very sad. It just shows you how far behind where I am is because it's a small city. There's not many people here, and there's not a lot of people that are open-minded to new ideas and new things. So, like, a lot of people that know me, uh, when they see me around, because I really don't even be here that much, but when they see me around, they're always praising what I do and um, saying, oh, my gosh, you look amazing. I, w I wish I could do that. But, you know, I got to have meat. I got to have my cheese, and I got to have my milk and all of this kind of stuff. So it's like I want your results but don't want to do what you do to get the results. So it's almost like a um, it's, 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 uh, it's a double-edged sword being here. And honestly, the only other person here that's vegan is my mother because once I went vegan, she went vegan because I'm the cook. So <laughs> if I'm not buying it, <laughs> if I'm not buying it, then it's not, it's not, it's not coming in the house. So, she went vegan, and you know her results are amazing as well. So, you know we are the only vegans in the city. Wow. So, what advice do you have for other people who live in an area that where they don't see other vegans or have vegan resources like restaurants and grocery stores? What I would say to those people is that. You have to really get creative with your own, um, in your kitchen. You have to get creative in your own kitchen and make things. I bought cookbooks. Um, I downloaded stuff, um, ingredients and all the kind of recipes and stuff from the websites. Um, I went to YouTube. No, YouTube is like my best friend now. I went to YouTube and looked at some videos on how to cook stuff. And, you know, you just have fun with it. Now, um, so living in a small city, yeah, you you have to be creative. Now, what I do is when I go to another city I, that's larger, of course, it's easier to find vegan um, items and vegan, you know, things there. And even here, um, they're starting to get a few items, but nothing that I care to eat. So it's like, well, thanks for providing it, but, you know... <laughs> it's uh, it's uh it's one of those things what's coming slowly but surely. The local grocery store here has a few vegan items. They have like the um guardian beefless crumbles and all of that that type of stuff and the fishless fillets and all that. Um there's a Walmart that's nearby that has the vegan cheese and stuff like that, but there's not a whole lot of options, but they're slowly getting stuff in. So but what I will say to the people that lives in small cities like me, be creative in your own kitchen, go to the grocery store, get your whole food, plant-based stuff, and be creative with the recipes. So what does like a day in the life of eating look like for you? Like um, going, a lot of people are like, well, what do you, what does, what does a vegan eat? Like you wake up in the morning, eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, like what, what does your plate look like? <laughs> um, so that's very interesting because my my eating is very weird, to say the least, because there are some times where I only eat fruit. There are some times where I have a mixture of fruit, and every now and then I have a vegetable or something through, throughout the day. 
Then there are other times where I am being the fat vegan and eating <laughs> lasagna, spaghetti, um, burgers. So it's um, my eating habits is kind of schizophrenic <laughs> for the most part. But um, honestly, though, for the most part, 95% of the time, I am eating fruit because it's just, for me, it's easier for me to digest. Um, I can eat a lot of it because I love to eat. I can eat a lot of it and don't have to worry about um, the calories or having to worry about gaining any weight from it. Um, and I have a lot of energy, so I feel better when I'm eating fruit. So I eat 95% fruit on any given day. I'm mostly eating fruit. If somebody was to ask me, what did you have today? I'm naming watermelon, mango, or papaya, plum, apple, something, some type of fruit versus, you know, something cooked or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people who are thinking about taking a, uh, like taking on a plant-based lifestyle, one thing we often hear is that they feel like they're going to be hungry or that they're going to lack what they need to perform. And you work out hard and you work out often. So your diet, does your diet properly fuel your workouts? Like the, the fruits, the fresh fruits that you're eating, like you're, you're, it's, you seem to be pretty satisfied, right? Absolutely. The, what I eat definitely fuels my workout because for the most part during, especially this time of, year I'm eating watermelon. Watermelon is a great um, fruit to eat for working out. You, you get energy, you get everything that you need, and it's a good post-workout um, fruit to eat because it helps replenish what you've, you know, lost during your workout. So for me, I have not had any issues whatsoever. There have been times when, especially when I first started, that I felt kind of weakened but then I learned, hey, you're not consuming that many calories, so you need to have more of what you're eating, especially if you're getting ready to go in the gym and work out hard like you plan on doing. So for me, it's a matter of knowing my body and knowing what my body needs. And everybody's, and everybody's body is different. So uh, you can't take my model for my what I'm doing for myself and apply it to yourself. You have to pretty much scale it down to how it fits and satisfies you. But for the most part, I don't have any issues whatsoever with energy, whether it's working out um, at the gym, lifting weights, whether it's running, whether it's doing anything. And the biggest benefit that I've had is the clarity of thought for sure. Like I, I don't have the brain fog that a lot of people have when they consume a lot of heavy foods and all that kind of stuff and, you know, have the itis, like we call it here in the South, <laughs> um, where you eat and then you just want to fall over and go to sleep. I don't have that problem. And so my food is actually fueling me and is giving me the energy that I need to get throughout the day without needing a midday nap or anything. So I'm very satisfied. Um, I, I'm not hungry after I eat, like a few hours after I eat, you know, I'm not ready to eat something else. Now, I'm a little greedy, so I will eat something <laughs> else, but it's not because I'm hungry. It's just because I want to eat. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, we do have that issue some, from time to time. We just eat because it's there, not necessarily because we're hungry. Mm -hmm. And so from time to time, I have that where I'll eat something, and then a few minutes later, oh, that was good, and I want to eat more of it, but not because I'm 
starving or hungry or anything. It's just because it's there and I want it. So you've conquered a lot of your health and fitness goals. What's the next thing you would like to accomplish? The next thing that I would like to accomplish, I am currently in the process of writing a book. I am writing a book about my health journey and all of the obstacles that I faced, even from childhood up until the point that I'm at now that caused me to be where I was physically because there was a lot of things, you know, happening um, because I was never a thin person. And as I was saying, when I was in Texas at a, um, at a restoring your wellness health um, thing that I spoke at, I was like, I think I was born fat. So it was <laughs> not like I just got to where I was overnight or somewhere when I got older, but I was always a heavy child. I was heavy from, you know, childhood. And as I got older, it was never checked. So I just got larger and larger. And so, you know, that's my that's my next thing, of course, still going around helping people with their um, fitness goals. A lot of people inbox me and, you know, tell me, hey, I really want to get fit. fit. Um, what can I do? Can you help me with this? I'm currently coaching a guy right now from Florida who was about the size that I was and, you know, helping him scale down because I'm very passionate about helping anybody health-wise, whether it's um, whether they're healthy, but um, whether they appear to be physically healthy, meaning that they're at they're not obese or anything, but they still have health issues due to what they're eating. Um, I like to help people in that aspect as well. So it's just a matter of me really helping people and giving back because I was able to achieve it. And so I want to help other people achieve it as well. That's awesome. What are some of your favorite inspirational resources that you would share with somebody who's needing some motivation in their plant-based journey? Some of my resources um, that really helps me and it helps a lot of people, there is a group on Facebook, actually, and it's called A Healthy Alternative. Um, actually, I spoke at The Healthy Alternative back in May when I was in Dallas. Um, that's a very good group, very supportive. Um, Chris James is an amazing person that does videos on YouTube to help people with um, their health. That has been very inspirational to me um, because, you know, you see people from all walks of life. You see people that have a whole bunch of different issues, but they're finding ways to, you know, heal from their issues, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, like it's on all levels. Also, um, another source of inspiration for me is a guy named Akeem. Um, he, he does his, he's Akeem Therapy on um, Instagram. He's great. He's always giving positive vibes as far as it is, as far as it relates to life and, you know, um, finding ways to, you know, heal and finding ways to eat to live. And there's another guy named Matt Kama. Um, he's from, I think he's from Bali or something like that, from Bali or something like that. But um, he's very inspirational and motivational. I can, like, the list can go on. Of course, Mike Rashid, for fitness purposes. Um, there's another guy named John Venus. The list goes on. I could name several people, but these are some of the people that I always watch and look at for inspiration, especially when I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, 
um, I don't think I can go any further. Then I look at these people and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I just need to challenge myself up to the next level and, you know, push through whatever slump that I may be in. Okay. So where can people find you online, like to get in touch with you or to follow you to get more information? I am on Facebook. On Facebook, I am Justin Howell. On Twitter, I am at VeganSavageSC, um, which is the abbreviation for South Carolina. And on Instagram, I am VeganSavageSC as well. And so those are my main outlets of communication online. Okay. Mostly Instagram, though. So if you catch me on Instagram, you'll most certainly get a response from me on Instagram. And is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you would like to mention? Off the top of my head, no. You was very well with doing <laughs> research and asking questions. <laughs> so, no, not not off the um, top of my head that I can think of. Well, Justin, I am so excited to have had the opportunity to talk to you and for you to be able to share with the Plants Change My Life audience today. And once again, I'm, I'm sure that you have inspired so many people through this talk as well as you know through your social media pages as people go more people come and see you like you are amazing Justin. And <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to sit down and talk to us thank you so much for having me i appreciate you for reaching out Thank you, Justin, again for that wonderful interview. And now it's that time for the food of the show. Today's food of the show is plant-based milk. Whether you're horrified by the dairy industry, allergic, lactose intolerant, or you just want to try something new, there are a myriad of options available. The quality and availability of plant-based milk has increased exponentially in just the last few years. There are nut-based milks like cashew milk, almond milk, macadamia milk, even pecan milk. Families with nut allergies like ours, there are still options like coconut milk, oat milk, hemp milk, flax milk, rice milk, and banana milk. Plant-based milks can easily be made at home or purchased in stores. If you're purchasing these in stores, be sure to read the ingredients and aim for options with simple ingredients and little to no added sugar. Plant-based milks can be substituted for dairy milk cup for cup in recipes. The type of recipe you are using may be better suited for a particular type of plant-based milk as they have varying levels of fat and also vary in taste. But let's talk about the benefits of plant-based milk. I'm going to start with the biggest one for me. Um, I was a vegetarian for many years before making the jump to being vegan. And I, while I was aware of the horrors of factory farming, what I did not realize until recently is how extremely horrible modern dairy farming is. For example, I knew that the cows had to be constantly impregnated to produce milk, but I did not realize that their babies are taken away from them. Like I didn't realize that the male babies are often executed because they have no value on the dairy farm. And as a mother now, the horror of it all just really strikes me. But the thing about it is that this exploitation does not even have to take place 
because there are so many good plant-based milks out there on the market. Outside of that, nut milks are naturally rich in vitamins and minerals. Almond milk, for example, made at home, is full of calcium and magnesium. Now, the dairy industry promotes that you need milk to be sure that you're getting all the calcium you need. However, there are plenty of other sources of calcium in a healthy diet. Kale, collard greens, broccoli, spinach, all of these greens are great sources of calcium. Can we just talk about how simple it is to make your own nut milks at home? So enough. I was really surprised that all you do to make almond milk, for example, is you soak the nuts overnight um, and then you put them in your blender the next day and with some water, of course, if you like to sweeten it a little bit, you can add some dates if you would like, but just blend it up. And you take that blend and you strain it with some cheesecloth, which you can buy at just a regular grocery store. And that's pretty much it. You strain the the fibers from the the liquid and there you have your almond milk. And it's actually more nutritious when you do it at home because you get much more of the actual almonds in it. Right, right. And it's not diluted by um, with other ingredients uh having too much liquid or too much water you can control it when you're making it at home um but also it doesn't have any of the preservatives uh it's a it's a tough thing to go to the store and 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 see that try to just find something simple when it comes to plant-based milks but um there are additives in it uh and you have to just be be careful to make sure that these additives are safe for you but again we're promoting that you make it at home it's the best Best source um, is to just get clean raw nuts or clean hemp seed or clean, uh, what else? We got flax seed and just make it at home. It's kind of, all of them are pretty much made the same way. Usually you're soaking your whatever it is and, and adding it with water, adding water to it, adding some type of um, natural sweetener like a like banana. It might be banana or it might be maple or it might be um, dates like, like Stacy said and um, play with it. You could play with it. Add a little bit of sea salt to to enhance the taste, mm-hmm. enhance the flavor, and you're good to go. You could use it for baking. You could use it for um, cereals or whatever your oatmeal, things like that. And that's the deal. That's the deal. So one other thing: uh, the plant-based milks in the stores are typically fortified with vitamins and minerals. Now. Usually, some of the minerals are things that we don't often get easily when it comes to eating plant-based. But um, just be careful with the ingredients and and try to find the most simple thing as possible. One brand that we love and we really, really love is uh, actually based here in Houston, Texas. Shouts out to Mock here in Houston, Texas. And, like, Stacy, you really love the, what is it, the pecan one? Maple pecan. Maple pecan. They have a really good maple pecan. And the dope thing about Mock that's M-A-L-K, mock, is that they usually only have like a few ingredients. I think like they even advertise. three ingredients, very simple. Yeah, I think they advertise three ingredients. Mm-hmm. And it's usually the nut, um, whatever the nut is, like pecan, the almond, or cashew, and water, and uh, Himala- Himalayan sea salt, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's how simple it is. And, and you don't have to have the preservatives. Just make it at home or go buy some mock. Food should be simple. Right, right. Oh, as far as the mock too, I love their, if you're a coffee drinker, um, like I'm not really a coffee drinker, but I tasted the, their mock coffee. 
And it was it was the bomb. Now it's time for plant-based news and notes. Kroger recently announced that it's launching its own line of 100% plant-based foods within its Simple Truth brand. The items will include meatless burger patties, cookie dough, pasta sauce, deli slices, sausages, cream cheese, sour cream, and even queso. So we have to stop and give you our PSA here just because something is labeled plant-based does not mean it's going to be a healthy choice. So don't be misled by marketing hype when you're shopping. Always read the ingredients on the back of any product that you pick up to make sure it's worthy of being in your shopping cart. In other news, Mississippi is now considering new rules that will allow companies to continue using food labeling terms such as veggie burger and vegan bacon. That's if the terms are prominently displayed so that consumers are not confused. In July, a Mississippi law went into effect prohibiting plant-based products from being labeled as meat or a meat food product. So a nonprofit organization that advocates plant-based foods and a Chicago food company turned around and sued Mississippi over that labeling law on the same day that the state enacted the law. However, the state agricultural department is now proposing new regulations for plant-based products that are sold as meat alternatives. The company that was actually suing uh, Mississippi was Upton's Naturals, which is which supplies uh, things like um, plant-based bacon. They do like uh, they have a jackfruit um, that they sell that's seasoned already in the packages. I think we've had it before, but. The problem is, is that there are certain states that have enacted these laws. I believe Missouri is one of them. There's, there's two other ones that have enacted these laws, and it creates a problem for, for these companies because they're faced with creating special packaging for these specific states where their product is, which is time and money consuming, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a threat to some of these smaller companies who are just trying to get market share, and they just wanted a piece of the pie, that's all. But these laws, laws like this can keep smaller companies from getting a piece of the pie, and which is usually a small piece, but it seems like these bigger companies are feeling threatened um, by this movement. So it's a very interesting thing, and it's, it'll be interesting to see how these laws changed as more and more people become plant-based. Thank you for listening in to the Plants Change My Life podcast. Please follow us at Plants Change My Life on Instagram and on Facebook. And you can also head over to plantschangemylife.com for additional information and to get the resources that were mentioned in this show. We also have Plants Change My Life t-shirts that you can purchase to support our mission. Also, if you or someone you know has a story to share, please get in touch with us at stories at plantschangemylife.com. Respect. And always remember, when you eat good, you read good. <laughs>